Bring it in a little more. Bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. Amen. There you go. Feeling nice and comfortable after coming out of the presence of God. Everybody feeling, everybody feeling like one. Amen. I love you, brother. Good to see you always. Praise the Lord. Amen. And if everybody wants to stay in one section, that will be perfect too. Amen. Praise the Lord. So as everybody's green, um, we just want to present every Sunday we're here at 10 a.m. And every Wednesday we're here at 7 p.m. Encounter tonight along with Roy Richards and Impact. Fridays is Elevate Youth Service, 730. What? what? Amen. We believe in um, our vision is to love God and love people. Strategies connect men transcend. Okay. Uh, we believe that, uh, you know, God's called us to have 100,000 disciples here in, in Chicago, 50 churches and 500 churches worldwide. If you believe, say amen. I believe. Amen. Praise the Lord. Family fun night. It's next Wednesday, everyone. This is going to be fun. Anyone that wants to join me tomorrow from 4 to 5, I'm going to be flying house to house for next Wednesday. Family fun night. Back to school bash. Check it out. Isn't that fun? How many children are out there in their homes just be like, oh, I can't wait for my school supplies. And then we're like, here's an invite. You get it for free along with a barbecue. Is that what it says? Barbecue and free school supplies? It looks like painting too? Amen. Okay, so next next Wednesday, we're going to be here. Invite your neighbors. Invite all your friends that you know that need school supplies. We're going to be here. Give them off for free. Amen. We believe in tithing. 10% of your total girls belong to the Lord. And offering whatever you give after your tithes to bless the ministry here, Metro Praise. So let's pray for those who are giving, giving the Dropbox and, or um, online. Amen. Let's just close our eyes. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the word that you're going to bring forth tonight, Lord God. Father, we thank you for those who are going to give to your ministry to be furthered. God, we ask that you bless them, Lord God. God, we're asking for people that are seeking for jobs and that you would just provide that to them, Lord. You said, ask and you shall be given, Lord. And we're asking you for jobs. Lord, this economy is low. So we're asking, Lord, that you would favor those, your children, Lord, to be wealthy, to be prosperous, Lord, as you promised us. We thank you ahead of time, Father, what are you going to do? Uh, let your kingdom always be furthered, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, we're for tonight's word. Praise the Lord. Jared. Walker, everyone, is going to bring forth the word tonight. Let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. Just jockeying for position, everybody. Good to see y'all and see all your wonderful faces. Tonight, I want to talk to you about God's purpose and plan for your life. How many would like to have some insight as to what God has in store for them? All right, most people want that. They want a sense that what they do matters to God. How many want that in life? And I, I want to lay out some principles. If you don't know God's plan for your life, or if you know God's plan for your life, but it's just not happening, uh, th these are some things you'll find very helpful. Now, I want to be frank for a second. My name is Jared, but I'm going to be frank for the next few moments. Amen. I'm going to speak with you frankly. And uh, I'm going to give some descriptions here. And, if, and if, I'm, if it's putting its finger on you, if this describes you, if you feel like, man, that's me, 
this is don't take it with a heart of condemnation. Don't take it with a, a heart of just, you know, like like I stink or, or that anyone's better than the other person. But I want to give some descriptions here. The heart of this message is to encourage and build up. I believe God really cares about his people. God loves his church. Jesus died for his church. He died so that you people could be great and prosperous and have abundant life, among other things, and to change the world. So just on that note, it's really sad for me to see. One of the saddest things in the world for me to see is Christians with no sense of purpose or direction. They, you know, they'll, they'll pursue these different things. I'll, I'll take these classes. I'll go to this school. I'll, I'll pursue this career. And they really don't seem to have a confirmation that that's what God really wants for them. So no matter what they do, they don't seem to have peace. So it breaks my heart to see Christians who don't have a sense of direction or purpose. Why? Because Christians are people of purpose. If you are saved, you are saved that you may be sent. You are God's plan to change the world. You're a child of God, an ambassador of Christ. You're more than a conqueror. So when I see Christians who for, you know, months and maybe years, they're just kind of going around in circles, just wondering, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? They pray, they get advice, they think they're onto something, but it just doesn't seem to click. You know, that, that stinks. Come on, how many know? I, I know what that feels like. It stinks to see Christians who go around the mountain, so to speak, spiritually, and they kind of stay in the same place for years and years and years. Character-wise, they don't grow. Spiritually, they don't grow. Now, young man, John, uh, John how old are you? 17. Mike, how old are you? Okay. How many, and not knocking anybody who's 45 and single living at their mom's house, but do you want to be 45 single and living at your mom's house? Okay, good. So just just to clear, and if, and if that's you tonight, if that's you, don't worry. Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. Like, this is to encourage you. But, guys, you don't want to find, you're 45 years old and, like, man, what have you done? What's been done? And there's folks that have such a sense of potential. You know, they have a lot of gifts. They have a lot of talents. And they, have, and, they, and they seem to have a lot of dreams and things, but they never get them worked out. You'll see them five years from now, the same place where they were five years ago, ten years from now, same place where they were ten years ago. It's sad in my heart to see Christians, to see Christians that are going around the mountain. They, they try plan A. I think God wants me to do this. And so they try plan A, they go at it for a few months, they get discouraged, they go on to plan A, then to plan C, then to plan D, so on and so forth, but they never really follow through on plan A. Are you guys with me? It's sad to see that Christians get discouraged and they never realize their full potential. It's sad to see people who want to do great things for God, but they seem forever grounded by their circumstances. I got to get my GED or I got a baby daddy or I got debt or I got bills to pay. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. And listen, those are real things. No doubt. We're not taking anything away from that. But can we not do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Can we not do great things for God no matter what? So I want to give you a word of encouragement. We have it on our slide here. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. He's speaking to this prophet. And to give you some context, we don't know how it looks, but Jeremiah, the prophet, is having a conversation with God. And in this conversation... God is sending Jeremiah out to preach. And this is what he says. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now you might think to yourself, well, I'm not 
uh, I'm not Jeremiah. I'm not the great man of God. I didn't write a book of the Bible. I'm not that special. You know, he made Jeremiah for that, but he kind of made me uh, he, he, as, a, as a second thought, you know, and he kind of just, you know, put me to, to go and, and push a broom for a living. You know, like I, I don't have as much purpose as Jeremiah did. I tell you, this applies to you just as it must, does to anybody else. Amen. Before you were in the womb, God knew you. Before you were born, he set you apart. He appointed you. Everyone say, I'm known by God. I'm set apart by God. And I'm appointed by God. So God knows you better than you know yourself. He sets you apart, has a distinct plan and purpose for every life, and it's different for everybody. There's no calling uh, that's greater than another. We can't knock anybody if they're doing faithfully what God has given them to do. But God has set you apart to do something great for His glory. He appointed you for such a time as this. If you're in this room, say, I'm appointed. So... Ephesians 2.10 says this, Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God created us to do good works. He prepared them in advance for us. He had things in mind for you. And I'm telling you, God has things for you to do that only you can do. And if you don't do them, they won't get done because he made you to do them. All right. So there's no substitutes. Your calling is as unique as you are. He created you to do good works. He didn't create young men to struggle with pornography for years and years. He didn't create uh, people just to struggle and be confused their whole life and, and be lost and be depressed. That's not Christianity. Christianity is a victorious life. It's a life that touches the lives of others. Your life is changed and you go out with that life changing force. So he created you to do good works. And when say I'm God's masterpiece created for good works. So God has good things in mind for us. Amen. Amen. I want to give you all some principles. And again, if you found yourself in any of those categories, man, I really don't know what God wants me to do. And everything I seem to do just doesn't seem to have any meaning. What's the point? Or if you've just been going around the mountain a little too long. All right. And, and, and you've just been discouraged, quitting and, and, and never realizing your potential. And there could be a lot of reasons for that. If you want to do great things for God, but it's always your circumstances, it's always this, it's always that, and you always seem grounded from being great for God, I want to give you some principles that will help you discover God's will for your life and then fulfill God's will for your life. Amen? Amen. The first one, very simple, put God first. I want to say put God first. Put God first. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. Jesus gives the two greatest commandments. He says, it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. He says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus says the first commandment, love God with all, with, with all that you are, with your whole self. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now listen to what he's saying. Let's make this applicable to us. Everything that God has ever decreed or commanded can be summed up in these two things. If you learn how to love God and you learn how to love people, you'll get everything else down. You're not going to have a problem with idolatry and worshiping idols because you love God so much. Amen. You're not going to have a problem coveting and stealing because you love your neighbor so much. Amen. You're not going to have a problem committing adultery because you love your spouse so much. Amen. It, it, that it is the overflow. Everything is the outworking of that. Every other commandment is the outworking of loving God and loving people. And I tell you, if that's your heart tonight, man, I love God. 
He died for me. I'm going to live for him. My life for his glory. He's awesome. It's not that I loved him, but that he loved me first. And he's, and he's filled my heart with love. How many know the love of God tonight? Not that we loved him, but that he first loved us. Well, we were yet sinners. Christ died for us to display his love. So out of that love, you, you love God back. And you say, man, I, I got to do something. I got to help others. I got to serve others. I love people because God loves them too. If that's your heart tonight, I can guarantee you're in the center of God's will. That's the right heart to have. You love God you, and you love people. And, and out of that, everything else is going to flow. You're going to be a, uh, you're not only going to avoid sin, but you're going to find yourself doing the things that God made you to do. It's the foundation of a God-pleasing life, loving God and loving people. Your family, your career, your ministry, your character, your spirituality is all the outworking of loving God and loving people. I'm going to look at Psalm 37, verse 4. Some of you may know this. This is a very popular scripture. It says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. What are the desires of your heart today? If we have that foundation, I love God with all that's in me. Jesus is my everything. If you have that, if you delight in God, then he's going to put some desires in your heart because your heart will be in sync with his. Amen. And you're going to find that you, you're starting to want some things you didn't want before. You're starting to have ideas and visions and dreams you never had before. Thinking about things that you never thought of before. And God is actually giving you those desires. And if he gives you those desires, he wants to give you those desires. Amen. So. Think about that. I want to give you a few examples. Pastor Joe. How many love Pastor Joe? I love him because he's a pastor's 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 pastor. Amen. He eats, sleeps, and drinks the Bible and church and Jesus and theology and all that stuff. He loves and is passionate 110% for what he does. That is the desire of his heart. And in pursuing the desire of his heart, because it was in sync with God's desire for him, he, he went at it and he's successful and blessed at doing it. Now, some of you say, well, I can't be like Pastor Joe. I can't plant churches and I can't have spiky hair and do all these things. And I can't preach like he does. And not everyone's called to that. And believe me, I just want to preface and say, hey, if you're not doing full-time ministry, this is still for you. If you might thought, oh, I'm nothing if I'm not a preacher, if I'm not this, I'm not. I'm telling you, every everything that God has called you to has a purpose. If he called you to be a janitor, you do it unto the glory of God. Amen. If he has called you to, to work in the business world, you do it to the glory of God. We have a brother in our church, David Montez. He works in financial services. And when you talk to him, this is the desire of his heart, because when you talk to him, he gets a little, little gleam in his eye. And you just get him started. He won't stop because he believes 110% in what he does. Believes it's the greatest good. He, he, he loves it. He, he puts his effort into it. And God is giving him the desires of his heart. His heart is, uh, God, make me a witness here. God, exalt me because I'm going to put you first. And we know that Bertha and other families in this church are actually a testimony to that because God has exalted David, gave David the desire of his heart to be a businessman, and has blessed him in doing it. So no matter what you do, how about kids? Who has kids? Who's just crazy about their kids? You just think about them. You, you know, there's, there's some things you put more effort into than others. You know what I'm saying? And, and for those of you just, you just get excited playing with your kids, man, you get a little too much into the role playing with the, with the swords and stuff. I don't know what you guys are into. I'm going to have my own in a few. See what that's like. But man, you love your kids. That could be the calling. You know, in, in our modern world it says, you know, when we all got to go out and, and, and be career women and all these things. But I tell you, 
moms are world changers too. Because they, they impart to their children. They have the, the biggest role in the lives of their children. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Raise a child in the way he should go, and he shall not depart from it. And we owe so many godly, great, world-changing people to godly mothers, to praying mothers, to mothers who love their kids and teach them God's word. What gets you excited? What, what is the desire of your heart? And I want to qualify some things. If you don't love God and God is, you don't delight in God, obviously you might have some desires that are contrary to God. Because you might think, well, I really like pornography, you know, and, and I think about it and it's really cool. Maybe God will bless me into the porn industry. No way. Not going to happen. All right. So, that, so you're going to, obviously, there, sometimes you'll have some desires that are contrary. That's an obvious example. But man, when your heart is on fire for Jesus, he puts desires in your heart. And if he put those desires in your heart, you better pursue those because that's what he gave you. He gave you desires. He gave you dreams. He gave you visions for those who are, whose hearts are set on him. Again, not sinful and selfish desires, but godly desires. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do and all your plans will succeed. Come on, commit to the Lord whatever you do and all your plans will succeed. Jesus said in John 14, verse 13, He said, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, how many have ever prayed for a Lamborghini? How many have ever prayed just dumb prayers for dumb stuff that you wanted that you know you probably shouldn't have had? Come on. I remember in my BC days, some of the prayers I, I prayed that were very silly, and I won't repeat them in mixed company. But I said, God, you know, I think you should bless me with this because I really want this. But Jesus said, when you pray in my name, when you pray in his authority, and when you pray in his heart, those things that you ask for, they will come to pass because what you, what you want is what he wants for you. Amen? Amen. Those whose hearts are set on them. I want to give you one more scripture to, to cap this off. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 6 and 7. And I want to preface this. It, it's referring to King Saul. Saul was anointed by Samuel, a prophet, to be the king of Israel. And, and Saul ended up backsliding pretty bad. But right here and right now, Saul is getting blessed. Everyone say he's getting blessed. 1 Samuel 10, 6 and 7 says, The Spirit of the Lord, this is Samuel speaking to Saul, The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds for you to do, for God is with you. Come on, how many know if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is with you. And he said, do whatever your hand finds to do, because there was a certain trust that God was guiding him in such a way that whatever he found to do, he would do the right thing. He could be trusted to do the things of God. Why? Because his heart was changed. How many have a changed heart tonight? How many are born again? How many are a new creation? How many love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength? How many love their neighbor? They want to make a difference. They want to help. They want to serve others. That's the foundational heart to have. And out of that, God will give you a call and God will bless you. Second principle is this. Walk worthy while you wait. That's a lot of W's to help you remember. Walk worthy while you wait. Read off a few scriptures here from the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. This is Paul writing to a church, to a group of, of believers. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, he's writing this from jail. All right. 
as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the gospel of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So Paul is urging this group of believers, live worthy of the calling. And he gives a list of attributes. He says, be humble, be gentle, be patient, be bearing with one another in love, be a loving person. Make every effort to keep unity and peace. In other words, be a person of character. Amen. I want to say character. Another uh, letter of Paul's, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11. He says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you. Again, talking to another group of believers in another city. He says, we constantly pray for you that God may count you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. May God count you worthy of your calling. Being a person of character, being a person of excellence, what are you called to? Are you called to preach the gospel? The Bible says preach the gospel in and out of season. So you want to be, a, let's say you have dreams, you want to be an evangelist, you, who, who's heard of Reinhard Bonnke? We saw him Sunday, he preached to a, two million people in Nigeria, they say, I want to do that. Well, you're going to have to preach to two people before you preach to two million people, come on. You want to be a CEO, you want to be a businessman, you want to be successful, walk and talk like it, go early, stay late, work hard. Come on, you got to be a person of excellence now. Folks, and, and some of the times the reason that people are going in those circles is they're waiting for something to be handed to them. They have a sense of entitlement, like I'm this person, I have these gifts, and I'm owed this, and they don't get it handed to them, and they get in a huff, and, and they go around in the circles again. Why? Because something's got to be worked for. Something's got to be walked for. Amen. you got to walk worthy of the calling God gave you. Amen. Walking in excellence, integrity, and faithfulness. So that you may be ready when your time comes. Everyone say, my time is coming. Luke 16.10. These are the words of Jesus. Luke 16.10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. If you're honest with, with little, with the little things you have, with the little responsibilities, with the little bit of resources you have, with the little bit of influence, with the little circle of friends you have, with the little opportunities that are given to you, you're faithful in those daily things. God's going to bless that. He sees that you're a trustworthy person. Who are you when nobody's looking? Can God trust you? Being faithful in little things, that's a daily walk of obedience. That's a daily decision that I'm going to do what's right whenever faced with a decision. That's a daily decision that I'm going to put God first, that I'm going to serve others. Jesus said, you want to be the master? He said the greatest among us would be the servant, the servant of all. That's the motto of our Bible college, servant of all. And USUM students, you've got to make friends with the broom and the mop. Before you grab this mic, you're going to grab the broom. You can preach into the broomstick, but, but you're, going to, you're going to get used to that. That'll be your practice, okay? And you're going to swing the Ohio Park kids on the swings, okay? And before you preach and, and do what Reinhard Bonnke did and preach to a million people, you've got to pay your dues. Everybody does in every sense of the word. We pay our dues. We serve. We're faithful in little things with the little bit that we have. Some people say, man, when I have $10 million and I'm a millionaire, when I win the lottery, I'll give money to God's kingdom. Then I'll bless them. Then I'll give tithes. Then I'll give offerings. We say, when I have $10 million, but we couldn't tithe off of $10 itself. 
We've got to be faithful in those little things, the little bit that we have. Serve your heart out. Do it with joy. Do it and know that God sees what you do. And He sees how you do it. And He sees the heart you do it with. And it counts to Him. Everything we do for the Lord counts. I've never regretted serving Jesus. I never regretted mopping the floor. I didn't like it at the time. It wasn't pleasant. Sometimes I felt like, man, this is beneath me. But it wasn't beneath Jesus to serve, was it? And Christ is the most normal Christian I know. Come on. And he served his heart out, and I'm going to be like my Jesus. God sees it. 1 Corinthians 10.31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever job you have, you may work in 9 to 5, you may... You know, work in, um, you, you may work at Wendy's, you may, you may work at the church, you may, anything that you do, you may work with children, you may work at the nursing home, you may work in any number of settings, you do it all to the glory of God. God will be pleased with those things that you do unto Him. Amen? Amen. Anything we do can be pleasing to God. As long as it's not sinful, and I've already qualified that. Amen? So we won't go there. Ecclesiastes 9.10, Ecclesiastes. So whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the grave where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. Do everything with all your might. Because he says there's going to come a time when there's nothing else to do. When you die, when you face Jesus, do you want to have regrets? Do you want to say woulda, coulda, shoulda, come on? Or do you want to hear well done, good and faithful servant? You did everything I gave you to do. You are faithful with the little things. You are faithful with the big things. You worked hard. You put me first when, when no one else put me first. Jesus, in Matthew 22, verse 14, what are the consequences of not work, walking worthy? He said, many are called, but few are chosen. I tell you, everyone in, in, uh, in this room is called. You have a destiny from God. You have great things that you can do for God's glory that no one else can do. But you can always say, God, I have a better plan for my life. God, I'm going to do things my way. God, I like sin better. God, I don't want to pay my dues. God, I want some things handed to me. And you don't want to do things God's way. Listen, Jesus said this in the context. Matthew 22, you can read the first 14 verses. talks about the parable, the story of the wedding banquet. And it says that he's given an illustration saying that God is like a king who's sending his servants out to gather people to go into his wedding feast. He says, gather up everybody, good or bad. Everyone say, good or bad. And then Look at your neighbor and say, are you good or bad? Okay, so I was a bad mamma jamma. And Jesus called me, all right? He gathered me from the gutter where I was. He found me. He invited me to his, to his wedding feast, so to speak. All right. And there are some folks that came to that wedding and they were not prepared. They did not have their wedding clothes on. And it says he threw them out. He cut them to pieces, cast them in the outer darkness. Many are called, few are chosen. Every one of you is called to have a destiny and a purpose to know God, to make him known. But not everyone will walk it out. We say so often in evangelism, we, we, we talk to people on the streets about Jesus. We say you have a calling. He says, I know I have a calling. I've been running from it for years. You're the umpteenth person. My mom tells me, so-and-so tells me, there's people out there who have a destiny from God that they're running from. Think about that. Don't run from what God has for you. Proverbs 20, verse 4 says, that a sluggard does not plow at season, so at harvest time he looks but finds nothing. We're talking about the law of seed time and harvest. 
that if you plant something, it's going to grow. Eventually, something's going to grow. But it takes time. It takes patience. It's hard work. Some people don't want to put the work in. God has so many great things for us. But we're not willing to do what it takes. Proverbs 16.4 says, The Lord works out everything for His own ends, even the wicked for a day of disaster. Here's a sober warning. God will get glory out of you one way or another. He's going to get glory by saving you, having mercy on you, and using your life in a powerful way. Or He's going to get glory by judging you as a wicked, disobedient rebel who abused His gifts, who abused His grace, who trashed His calling and disregarded God. That's scary. Many are called, but few are chosen. Walk worthy of the calling. Be a person of integrity. Be a person who puts God first. Amen? And is faithful every day in little things. Because when your time comes, and there will be a time, that brings me into the third uh, principle. Know the season you're in. I want to read you all Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 11. It's a lengthy passage, so... Just act like I'm the audio Bible for a moment. Says this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. I'll stop right here. The first three... uh, Verses of uh, the first eight verses of Ecclesiastes three talk about the different times. You know, there's a time to die. Yeah, you'll have a time to to give to to do new things, to to make positive changes in your life. Single people, you'll have a time where you can find that godly person you've been praying for. You'll have that time when your breakthrough comes. Those things you've been praying for, your family members get saved. Yeah, you'll have a time for that. People in ministry know this saying, however, to die a thousand deaths. There's going to be times when you just got to die a little bit. You got to get let down a little bit. Disappointments come and circumstances change and things don't go your way and you die a thousand deaths. People turn their back on you. You die once again. I remember October 2010, we were in um, North, um, Wicker Park, Wicker Park, North and Damon, doing street evangelism. And I had one of the most frustrating encounters with an atheist. Spent about 30 minutes, that's 30 minutes too long, arguing with this guy. And he was mean. I mean, some folks are just kind of, uh, but this guy was mean. Like, he hated Christians. He thought we were dumb. We were the scum of the earth and that I was dumb for standing there. And, and what's worse is that I, he had these arguments and I didn't have ready answers for all his arguments. So I kind of let that conversation with my head down, with my tail between my legs, kind of not feeling like the man I ought to be, like I let God down or something. So we're at North and Damon, and down the street on Damon, there's a church that we're kind of familiar with, and and we heard that there was a speaker there, David Hogan. Maybe you've heard of him. David Hogan was there. We've known him to be a man of God, somebody who's done some great things for the Lord. So I decided to go over and see this guy, and they're already in the middle of service. He's praying, laying hands for people, and I just come up to him, and he asked me what I need to pray for, and I'm just like a little sad sack. 
just pray for encouragement because I've been ministering in a city and people don't want to hear about Jesus, you know. And he just, he looks at me. And if you know David Hogan, this guy's tough as nails. This guy's been shot and all these things. This guy done ministry in Mexico. He's seen over 500 people raised from the dead. Just to give you an example, what the, what kind of guy we're talking about. He looks at me. He's got a beard. He's like a, a good old Cajun boy from Louisiana. He says, you don't know discouragement, boy. You don't know discouragement. He says, I lost 30 churches before I had one established. Think about that. He said, not people, churches. That he started something maybe like Metro Praise, lost the building, the people walked out of him, some calamity happened. He got ran out of town by the drug cartels. 30 times it happened that he had to let something die. He had to let a dream die. He had to see something, his hopes deferred, and it crushed him. And there were a lot of people he prayed for that didn't get raised from the dead. And he had friends that he did ministry with who were killed by the drug cartels because the people they were getting preached, they were getting saved, getting off of drugs or getting out of selling drugs. And they weren't having that. And he's, and there were attempts on his own life. And I realized that night, that's just one of many deaths I will have to die. One of many discouragements I'm going to have to go through so that I know my trust is in Almighty God, so that I know I'm going to trust Him no matter what. Amen? There's a time to live. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal. Sometimes you got to kill your sin, all right? You got to kill things in your life that are not pleasing to God. You got to cut things off. Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Don't take it literally. But Jesus said, anything in your life that causes you to sin, be brutal with it. Show no mercy. Relationships and different things that open up the door to sin. There's a time to kill, but there's a time to heal. There's a time when God will heal your heart. And give you breakthroughs in areas. There's a time to tear down things. As I mentioned, David Hogan with these churches. Something that he started. Something that he put blood, sweat, and tears to. That had to be torn down. That had to end. But there's a time to build. So ministers we know. And, and people in general know. To die a thousand deaths. Life has its ups and downs. Amen. Life at, we are just times we got to die. We got to die to ourselves. We got to die to our flesh. We got to die to what we thought we had in mind. And we got to live unto God. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And I tell you, in following God, it doesn't matter how many deaths you had to die. It doesn't matter how many discouragements come your way. Those times that you laugh, those times that you dance, those times that God blesses you, those times that come through, you wouldn't trade them for the world. You look back with no regrets, with all the deaths you had to die, with all the things that, that came your way, and you, and you look back glad, no regrets. No regrets. All the sacrifices made. You're going to make some sacrifices following God no matter what you do. And you're going to have no regrets at the out, at the outset. Amen? Time to scatter stones. A time to gather them. A time to embrace. A time to refrain. I just want to give this as another teaching point. A time to embrace. There will be times you feel so close to Jesus. You get in your prayer closet, you lift up your hands and you just say his name and his love fills your soul. You just read a Bible, a Bible verse and it speaks to you and a big smile hits your face and you're just on in the glory. How many know that what I'm talking about, just feeling God as you're everything closer than uh, than the skin that's on you, closer than the air you breathe. But then there's times to refrain. There's times you don't hear God's voice. 
There's times that you pray and there's times that you do the right things, but you don't feel close to God, but you're obedient anyway. There are times to refrain. And Lord only knows why those times are, but you come out of those times closer to God, more glad, having learned something. How many have ever learned deep life lessons on vacation at Disneyland? How many have learned deep life lessons at the loss of a loved one? All right, some of you guys caught some things you could not have caught otherwise in those in those experiences. Moving forward, Ecclesiastes 8, 5, and 6 says this, The wise heart will know the proper time and procedure, for there is a proper time and procedure for every matter, though a man's misery weighs heavily upon him. There is a proper time and procedure for every matter, he says, and the wise heart will know that time. I believe it's a good prayer. It's a biblical prayer. God, give me a wise heart for whatever matter comes my way, whatever encounter, whatever decision I have to make. Give me a wise heart to know the right thing to do, to know the proper procedure for every matter. So any season you're in, you might have some big promises, big dreams from God, and you're just not seeing it come through, but you can ask God for the wise heart, for a a proper plan of action. You know, my pastor... He left, he left the church uh, that he was working at when he moved to Chicago. Didn't really have a lot of friends in the city. And he just felt low. He felt like dirt. And this was when he left the, the church he was working at as a youth pastor before he planted this. And he just asked God in, in a heart of wisdom, God, what should I do? And God just said, go ride your bike to Belmont and Clark and preach the gospel. Do what you've always done. God will give you a plan of action. Go make disciples. Go talk to these people. Go apply for this job. How many are, are with that? He will give you a proper procedure. Ask these sort of questions when you're in your job interview. He'll give you a proper procedure. Be prayerful. Seek godly counsel. So we have a church of people that want to help you any way we can. We just want you to be all you can be for Jesus. Berto, our associate pastor, his wife, Griselda, wants you to be all you can be for Jesus. They're available for counsel. I'm available. If you have any questions, you can come to me. Pastor Joe has Form Spring. You can ask him a ton of questions as well online. But don't simply act out of your own feelings and emotions and opinions, but weigh them before God. Be prayerful, seek godly counsel, seek God for the right plan of action, but don't just feel your way through life. A lot of people just feel their way through life. They do whatever they feel is right. Another thing is we should know the role of our season. There's a season you're in. We talked about times to die. Well, know why it's a time to die. Know why it's a time of disappointment. Know why uh, things are just not going your way the way you thought they would go. Jesus does not promise us the American dream, amen? But he promises us a blessed and joyous life and a life that matters in the light of eternity, that will have eternal significance. You will have rewards. You will have gladness in heaven for what you did for the Lord. And then embrace your current position and circumstances. So my SUM students, we're going to embrace the broom. We're going to embrace the mop. We're just going to dance with the mop. We're going to love that mop. That mop's going to be our, our all in all. It's going to be our confidant. We're going to confess to that mop and tell it our feelings. You're going you're gonna to embrace where you're at, wherever you're at in life. You're going to embrace. You're going to say, God, I'm here. You know what you're doing. This is trusting in God's sovereignty. Amen? This is trusting that there's a good God who has good plans for you, and, and he's not sleeping, all right? He's not sleeping. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So God puts things in your heart. 
you have a vision, you have a dream from God, I'm going to be a great businessman for the Lord. I'm going to be a great preacher. I'm going to be a great mom, a great dad for the Lord. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And God's got to give you those things, by the way. I can't do it. We're going to have a prayer time shortly, and we're going to ask God to speak to us. But God will give you something. He'll put something burning in your heart. Now, you might say, well, I'm going to do it X, Y, and Z. But he says, that's not how you're going to do it at all. And and, and God will have another plan just as the thing plays out. And you're just faithful to Jesus. Last principle, live by faith, not by fear. Live by faith and not by fear. 2 Corinthians 1, 19 through 22. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Everyone say yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And through him, the amen. Everyone say amen. amen. Is spoken by us to the glory of God. See, Jesus is not wishy-washy. He said not yes and no, yes and no. Like he's changing his mind about you and about what he planned. He, He knew you before you were born. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you when somebody asks you how you're doing and you say, I'm fine, but everything's not fine. And he knows everything's not fine. He knows you. He knows when you're going to screw up. He knows when you have screwed up. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your temperament. He knows how you react to things. God knows. And he's not wishy-washy. He's not caught off guard when things happen. It's not yes and no, but it's always yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. Everyone say, I'm anointed. He set a seal of ownership over us. Everyone say, I'm sealed. And put his spirit in us. Everyone say, I'm spirit filled. As a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I'm going to say that last one again. No comment. He anointed us set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. If you're saved today, if the Holy Ghost lives in your heart, if God only said one thing to you in your whole life, that's enough to guarantee what is to come. Something very practical we must remember throughout the trials of life and the things we face. One word from God is greater than a thousand or even a million words from any other source. When the whole world tells you, you stink, you can't, you're a screw up, you're this, you're that. You did too much dirt. And God says, that's not true. I've cleaned him. I made him a new person. Who are you going to believe? A thousand naysayers, a thousand Debbie Downers. Are you going to believe Jesus Christ? In him, it's always yes. Come on. One word of promise from God is greater than a thousand words of death and discouragement from any other source. What has God told you? Some of you already have something burning in your heart that God gave you to do. And friend, you've got to hold on to that for dear life. That may be the only point of reference for hope in your life. Everything else may just look like it's falling apart. And you have one word that God spoke to you that, that will keep you through these years. Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8. All men are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. So we know about seasons. We know that in the springtime, in the summer, these flowers come, and they and they and they spring up, and trees, their their leaves come out, and some of them bear fruit in these things. But we know by winter time, within a few months, these things are withered. They're gone. He's saying that's how men are. 
Because God sees everything. He sees from beginning to end. And men are just like that. They come and go. They come and go. Obama's going to have four, maybe eight years in office, but he's going to go. And he's going to be forgotten. But what does it say? The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. What is God's word concerning you? First Timothy 1, 18 and 19. Now, Paul, this is again Paul writing in the New Testament. He's writing to uh, a man he mentored, a young man named Timothy. He trained him up and he sort of fathered him in the faith. He had a very close relationship in that sense. And he says, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with prophecies once made about you so that by following them you may fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. So there were prophecies. Once upon a time, Timothy started following Paul and somebody laid hands and prophesied on him. How many ever were there when uh, Pastor Ron Allen was here? So you get an idea what prophesying looks like and having hands laid on you. People just tell it, speaking God's word over you. And we have something in the world we call confirmation, where you got something just burning in your heart and you don't know where it came from and you don't know what to do with it. Just this idea, this thought, this dream, this concept. And then someone else comes along and they speak from God and they say the exact same thing that's burning on your heart to let you know that's not crazy, that's God. And he's saying those things, Timothy, remember. Remember what was spoken over you. Remember your destiny. Remember that through these years because you're in for a fight. Remember those things so you can fight the good fight. I'm going to say fight the good fight. Second Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Again, Paul speaking to a spiritual son, Timothy. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which was in you through the laying on of my hands. So once upon a time, uh, Paul appointed Timothy to the ministry, sent him out to be a preacher. He said, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. But he starts the passage, fan into flame the gift of God. Sometimes you gotta fan into flame. You know, sometimes a fire dies down. You gotta, you gotta blow on it. You gotta get some air. You gotta, you gotta throw something on it to get it, to get it kindling again. Sometimes you got broken dreams. Sometimes you got things from God that you forgot. You, you messed up. You sinned. You thought you were disqualified. Things didn't go your way. And it says you've got to fan it into flame. You've got to bring it back up. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And he gives you the grace to do it. Remind yourself of God's promise and God's calling on your life. One practical thing you do, write prayer journals. And write down what God speaks to you. Write prayer journals and write what God speaks to you. If he says to you something tonight, write it down in the time of prayer so that you don't forget it when you get home after you ate Arby's. Don't let discouragement set in and cause you to forget what God has called you to do. There's a young man who left our church, used to be our youth pastor, and he wrote all the, all the leaders a, le- a letter. And he says, I just don't believe in myself anymore. There was a word spoken over him to be our youth pastor. There was, he was in ministry. He was called to be a world changer. He said, I don't believe in myself anymore. Just a turn of events, and I don't, I don't believe in myself anymore. Gave up. The fight gave up the good fight. Romans eleven twenty nine says God's gift and his call are irrevocable. That means the gifts God has given you, the very person you are, your very personality is, is a gift God can utilize. 
There are gifts inside you, and you may have spiritual gifts, gifts to prophesy, gifts to heal. How many, how many want to see some healing? You may not even realize that, by the way. Some of you got to just test the waters, get your, get your toe in the water. Gifts of healing. God has given you gifts, and it says they're irrevocable. And that can be good and bad because you could be a backslidden person speaking in tongues. But um, on the upside, it tells you that no matter where you've been in life, you go back to God, your gift is still there. You can use your gift for God's glory. Your call is still there. He can still use you no matter what. Amen? You may disobey at some point and feel bad and feel condemned about and feel like the scum of the earth, feel like you let God down. You may feel like you've wasted years of your life. And that it's too late for you. You may feel very discouraged and unqualified to serve God. But wherever you're at in life, you are called. You can and will be great for God. So just to recap as we get some music just quietly going, we're going to get a time of prayer. I want everyone just to respond to the Lord. Ask God for a vision. If you don't know what God wants for you, pray to Him. Jesus said, seek and you shall find, knock the door will be open, ask and you shall receive. God will not withhold any good thing from you. If you feel like you're just floundering, if you're not doing what God has called you to do, if you're wasting time, or if you've wasted enough time and you don't feel like you can get back on the pony and ride again, you need some encouragement, you need God to build your hope back up, you need God to remind you of some things. One, we put God first. Two, we walk worthy of His calling. We embrace the season we're in. Five, we put faith in God's word. Amen. So everyone just find a place. These altars are open. You can come to this altar. You need to get along with Jesus. You need a word from God. You need a word from God. Something that only God can tell you. Amen. So everybody just, these altars are open. Find a time, place to be with Jesus. You can kneel. You can stand. Just sit in your seat and rock it like some people do. Guide Just be with Jesus, amen. And show me what's the future. I want to leave a mark on history. I want to be used by you.
anyone receive the word from the Lord just just to encourage the entire body in here if you want to please come up and just share in the mic what God spoke to you relating to the message come on anyone it might be you know what just be with the Lord. Spend more time with Him. God told me that. Or it might be, God remind me of what He wants me to do, what He has spoken over me. Or maybe just God just spoke something new to you. Come on, if anyone who received the word right now, this just after the word right now, during this time of reflection, just come up and share in the mic to encourage the rest of the people. the Lord says you will receive blessings Adopted that can be applied to every single one of our lives what is God telling us to do come on Lord God we are serious Lord about God obeying you Lord and God we are serious in here about Knowing that you called us to be a prophet among the nations, Lord. God, I pray right now, Lord Father, that to everyone's minds and heart, Father, there will be clarity, Lord. God, the distractions and the confusion of the things of this world that don't matter will be removed now in the name of Jesus, Father God. God, there is there is every person in this room, I, I believe, Father, that you call, Lord God, to do a mighty work in this earth for your kingdom, Lord. Come on, God, I told you to do something. It could have been, you know, start children ministry. Start choir. Go to all the nations. You 
telling you, you're going to be sent to every nation. Every nation, you will go to every nation, every continent, and work there for five years each, each continent. Who knows? Goodness. Genesis says that we will live to be 120. Come on, speak that over yourself. I will live 120 years to make disciples of all nations. I will live 120 years as the word of God says To make disciples of all nations To raise up disciples To have spiritual children Spiritual daughters That will do the same as As what, what Jesus did And what I would do Come on, begin to prophesy over your own life Begin to prophesy over your own life I'm, I'm prophesying over my own life right now To say what I'm going to do I'm going to finish this last school semester Stronger than ever before I'm going to get straight A's I'm praying, I'm praying right now I'm praying over myself Come on, do that to yourself right now What has God called you to do? I will not let distraction come no, I will not put no idol before God not a person, not entertainment, not a sport, not even my spouse or my children. I will do first what God's taught me to do. And it's very simple. His commandments, his his words to us are very simple. Very simple. When he speaks, he speaks very simple to us. It's in a few words, just like Jonathan said. Just a couple few words right there, and that's it. Just in a few words, God wants to tell you something, and He wants you to, to run with that. Come on, Jesus. Oh, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. And maybe some of you tonight are just saying, man, that I just don't feel that encouraged by that because I don't feel like I have anything that special to do. We do everything for God's glory. Everything, no matter what line of work you find yourself in, no matter what kind of house you live in. You can do great things for God. Everyone's called to be a disciple. We have police and plumbers and, and nurses and, and salespeople. We have all kinds of people in our church and they make a difference in this world for Jesus. You can make a difference here. You can be an encouragement in your life groups. You can be encouragement on encounter nights. You can be a blessing in this world. You can be a blessing on your job. You can be a blessing to your family. Some of you might be thinking too long term. Think about the next. What am I doing next week, God? If you need help, if you can't see even that far ahead, what am I doing next week? What am I doing next month? Just, just know that everything we do for Jesus counts. He's pleased with what we do in faith and love. So just knowing that. Everyone just be encouraged and be of heart. Father, give us encouragement. Everything we do, we do it for glory. We can mop floors for your glory. We can serve chicken for your glory. We can do sales and, and, and sell uh, carpets 
for your glory. We could do, we could police the streets for your glory. We can fix bathroom sinks for your glory. We can play ball with our kids for your glory. We can make disciples for your glory. We can pray and change the world for your glory. We can make disciples. We can encourage others and strengthen their faith. God, you put us in this place. We're here for a reason. Don't let our hands be idle. The Lord is saying, don't let your hands be limp. You can do things now. Don't wait. Don't let your hands hang limp. There are things you can do now. Don't wait. There's ways you can glorify Him now. Don't wait. There's people you can reach now. Don't wait. There's things you can pray for now. Don't wait. Make every day count. The Lord says, my return is coming. Who will be ready? Who will be that servant, that fortunate servant I found doing what I commanded him to do? Or will he find say, well, he's never coming back. I might as well do me again. Jesus says, my return is coming. My reward is with me. I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Make every day count for me, says the Lord. Devote every day to me, says the Lord. You can make a difference every day, says the Lord. You can impact lives every day, says the Lord. Every prayer counts, says the Lord. Every witness counts, says the Lord. When you work on your job, it counts, says the Lord. When you work hard, when you do it with a good attitude, when you avoid sinful, evil behaviors of your co-workers and people around you, it counts to the Lord. Oh, no, no, no. You know, this word lines up to the word that I shared last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, the, the title of the message is, what, what are you living for? When we're living for the glory of God. For the glory of God. For the glory of the Lord. We do everything for His glory. It's true. Right now, we're going to start getting ready to do rapid fire. So those that got a prayer, a prayer list, just come up to the altar. We're going to start praying for the need. On that small piece of paper that you got, please come up. And if you don't have a piece of paper, if you, if you have something in your heart you want to lift up in prayer, Come up as well. We will allow you to pray as well. We can form a line right over here. Now, prayers, I want it to be about 30 seconds. Get close to the mic and be loud and clear so everybody can hear. And I would like everybody to be in agreement. Amen. Lord God, I I pray for the people that have been persecuted for the faith that they have in you, for the love that they have. But God, I I pray that you you let them keep faith in you, that you let them keep believing you, that they keep loving you, keep helping other people to keep loving you, Lord God. God, I pray that you that you keep that you have everyone keep faith in you and just keep going for you, keep walking towards you. And bring as many people as they can with them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Father God, I pray for Pastor Edward's mother and his sister-in-law who are sick, Father God. I pray that they will be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for all the sick. I pray for the people who have headaches, that have any pain in their body, Father God. I pray for the people that are addicted to drugs, Father God. I pray that everybody in your name will be healed. Father, I ask that everybody just come to you, Father God, no matter what their situation is, that they will follow you, whether it's good or bad, Father God, in their times, that they will be healed because of you, Father God. Lord, I pray for everybody in this church. I lift all of them up to you, Father God, and I ask that you just meet their needs, whether it's financial, emotional, mental, whatever it is, Father God. I just ask that everything will be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to pray for 50 churches and the vision of the church. 50 churches, 500 around the world, and a thousand, a hundred thousand souls saved in Chicago. Thank you, Father God. We've declared in Jesus' name that that will be done because you want this church to be fruitful, Lord. We have planted so many seeds, and we just pray that we just be be faithful. Be faithful that you will. Bear fruit, Lord Jesus, and just make more, raise more disciples, Lord, to be on fire for you, to to just spread the word of gospel because the end is near, Lord, and we just we just have to be more strong than ever, Lord. And we just pray for boldness, Lord, strength, Lord, and and just pure, just your love, just to be shown through us, Lord Jesus, so that we may grow that that big and strong church that we want to be, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Abba, Father, we humble ourselves before you right now, Father God. And we pray for this Sunday right now in Jesus' mighty name, Father God. We pray that this is not just another Sunday service, Father God, but this is going to be the miracle service, Father God. We pray that lives will be changed in Jesus' name, Father God. We pray for more healing for all the sick bodies that come through those doors, Father God, from every walks of life, Father God. We pray all lives will be changed, Father God. We pray for all lives to be healed in Jesus' name, Father God. And we pray right now for many more fruitfulness, Father God, to come. Father God, this Sunday and every Sunday to come, Father God, throughout the year, Lord, Father God, in Jesus' name, Father God, Father God, lift, we lift up this Sunday to you right now, Father God, move mightily, Father God, and may, Lord, Father God, all lives be changed, Father God, from every ethnic group, every age group, Father God, men and women, from the youngest to the oldest, Father God, that come through those doors, Father God, we just don't pray for numbers, Father God, we just, not, it's not about having a big crowd, Father God, but this is about making disciples of all nations for you, Lord, and we pray for lives to be changed, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. Amen. I want to pray for Cynthia Roland's recovery from foot surgery to, re- to, to receive complete healing. I pray that uh, the Holy Spirit fills up in her, and uh, pray that the Holy Spirit fills her up, and uh, Jesus picks her up back on her feet, and she's able to make complete recovery. And, Amen. Lord God, I cover you. Lord God, and I pray for back sliders to come back to Jesus. Lord God, your, your, your word says that your church will be built here in the gates of hell will not prevail again to Lord God. So I pray, Lord God, that you not going to sit in heart, Lord God, and remind them who you are. Lord God, and remind them what those times you spoke to them, Lord God, and you came to them, and you saved them, Lord God, my God, I say, and Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that the devil doesn't prevail, Lord God, that the devil doesn't win, Lord God, I just pray that you win them, Lord God. 
Father God, I pray for the Irving Park and Wicker Park community, God. I pray, Lord, that you will send the evangelism teams out there, Lord, prepared, Lord, with your word, just to bring it to them, Lord, with love, God. But most of all, show them that not only are you loving, God, but you're a just God and a holy God. Jesus, I pray that you just save them through the evangelism, God. Bring divine appointments their way, God. Prepare the way for us, God, and we will go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we give you glory, Lord. Father God, we know and we believe, Father, that you are in the midst of all these prayers, Lord, all these requests, all these needs, Father God, you care for. And all of them are your will, Father, for souls to be saved from the community, the people in the community to come to you, Lord. Oh, God, we're just asking, God, that you would just be glorified through these prayers, be glorified, Lord God, through, uh, through Cynthia's uh, recovery, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, be glorified in every person's life in this room, Lord Father. I pray that in Jesus' name that everyone in here, God, would walk out of this room tonight, Lord, with a different aspect, Lord, of life. With a, God, with just a plan and knowing, Lord, what they must do they, that you told them to do, Lord God. I pray for just a courage, Lord, as everyone in here was encouraged by your word, God, that, that we're called to do something for you, Father. I, for, I just pray for that courage and that tenacity, Father, and just that bold luck mentality, Father, God, to do what you want us to do, Lord God, that we will not let, let nothing get in our way, Father. So, Father, we just pray for that, for your spirit, Lord. To empower every person in this room, Lord Jesus. As we go out, Father. As we go out, Lord God. Giving you all the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everyone say amen. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, give Him glory. Praise Him. Praise Him. For the next 30 minutes or so. Okay, it's about 8.30 right now until 9 o'clock. It's soaking time.